Today's episode is brought to you by Reef Builders, winner of Best of Howls, five years running. Reef Builders is a Tempe, Arizona-based, full-service design-build construction company. What's a design-build company? It means you deal with one company for everything. Reef Builders is able to take your vision and bring it to life by drawing your plans, producing photorealistic, high-resolution 3D renderings of your kitchen, baths, and more, helping you design and pick your finishes, and finally, executing that vision. With their years of building experience and a superior client experience, using tools such as online project management software through their client portal that allows you to see your renovation in real time. Whether you're in town, on vacation, or living in another state, you have access to job progress photos, your build schedule, financials, and much more anywhere in the world. So if you're looking for a complete bath or kitchen renovation, a complete home renovation, a custom home designed and built, or a boutique commercial project built out, Reef Builders can deliver it. Reef Builders. Your vision, their experience delivered. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Make the Difference Podcast. We are back today to talk about a very specific topic. Uh, Chris Stewart's back again, as always. Uh, We're going to talk about training and the importance of it today. Um, there is a uh, captain's process as well as a battalion chief's process coming up soon, and we have been getting lots of questions on how do we train, why do we train, how do I get to where we need to be, and we figured we'd broach that topic today. Um, so, Chris? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we do have some interesting processes, and we also have people who just generally want are interested in training and how they and they, how they can either participate, they can do their own training, uh, how they actually develop things. And, and they don't, uh, unfortunately, there's not a lot of information out there about process and, and the way things work and a little bit of the theory behind all that th- so that we can, we can absolutely talk about that today. It'll be important for us, though. We've got to look, kind of look at it holistically. We've got to look at it from uh, like a top-down uh, perspective. So we can look at departmentally. We can look at you know from the very strategic level, um, what the what the tactical level of training is um, for battalion chiefs and captains, and then really that task level training for company officers and and uh, and crews the, um, that uh, that becomes pretty important for their for their overall performance. And there's there's definitely some signs we're seeing inside the organization that we need to spend more time doing that. So. Yeah, let's uh, let's hammer on this. So first off, um, <clears throat> I'd like to actually put some breadth and depth around uh, why training is important. Like, why is it important? Why do we do it? Period. Well, it's the educational part of our job, right? If we we're not going to be able to do anything, accomplish anything uh, effectively, safely, legitimately, if we if we're not taught how to do it. And uh, and then if we if we don't have some form of uh, um, theory model process um, that defines that stuff for us organizationally, um, then we don't. Uh, and then we, we struggle um, with performance. We scratch our heads and why why right. why would we suck at this? Well, probably because we haven't been training effectively on it. Either either we haven't been spending enough time on the right things, or we've been training in a in a goofy way or in a screwed up way. Or training with uh, illegitimate expectations. Yeah. So theory, model, process. I, I add a fourth. Um, training to a standard. 
right? Yeah, well, absolutely. So, so, and and and, and listen, we, we stole this. So every good teacher is a is a good thief, right? So, uh, for the, the the training model for the Phoenix Fire Department is uh, uh, establish uh, expectations, and those expectations are standards. So it's it's our standard operating procedures, it's our best practices, it's all of that. So establish exactly what that is and what it's meant to do. Um, once you do that train to those standards how do you actually meet those how do you um how do we accomplish uh what we're asking uh ourselves or our companies to accomplish then you need to be able to uh um, manage uh performance so assess what's going on look at how we're performing in the real world how we're performing on the fire ground in the hazard zone on on you know and wherever wherever you're actually looking and then manage the accountability. So if it's good performance, make sure that we're telling people it's good performance and then reinforcing why it's good. If it's not good, if we're not meeting standards or if we're getting complaints or people get injured or we have other problems, then reevaluate it. Figure out, is a standard up the problem? Is how we're teaching the standard a problem? Um, or are we, ex- are we not executing what we've trained to do? When people hear the word standard, when I say standard, I think people that are unprepared or don't train on a regular basis, that's, that's a scary word for them because now there's a standard that they're potentially going to be held accountable to. And just because there's a standard, the, the feedback or um, the negative side of you not meeting that standard doesn't have to be punitive. It doesn't have to be a punishment. Sometimes it's just a, hey, this is where you're at and this is where you need to be and this is how we can get you there. So, so when people hear the word standard, I think that, that, that freaks some people out who are potentially unprepared or don't train on a regular basis. But a, a lot of times when a standard isn't met, um, the end result doesn't have to be punitive. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. It's just a check of where you're at. Because sometimes um, standards need, need to be held, and it's in, in public safety in general or the fire service in general. That's a really scary thing. Um, the unions fight having a standard or, or holding people to a standard, but um, it doesn't mean that you can't establish one and kind of train to it. Well, yeah. So first of all, most of the time when we're afraid of a standard, um, it's because we don't trust the way in which things are evaluated, and we don't trust the way um, it's, uh, uh, we're, we're holding people accountable. So that's that's a problem. That's a totally separate problem that we act that that a that a competent and, and reasonable organization should address. Um, but then the conversation about the standard, it's interesting. So our standards are most of the time they are uh, best practices, and they're pretty low. <laughs> well, so they're low, uh, or they can be assessed to be low. But on on the other side of it, oftentimes those low standards are what actually gets the job done. That's what gets us to uh, us achieving the tactical objectives, all clear under control, all stopped. Right. It doesn't take, we're not splitting atoms doing it. Yeah. They're a minimum. And like, we're not expecting you to, to, to put on your cape unless you're on a shift and fly. We just want you to be able to accomplish the task at hand in a reasonable fashion or manner. Yeah. And, and not only that, be able to select when and, and how to do the, the appropriate thing, the, 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 the appropriate task to the minimum standard. Right. There's a, there's a thinking part that goes into that beforehand. So, yeah, so the standard's an interesting thing. And we, <laughs> we're our own worst enemies and we're, we're, uh, we fear getting in trouble. But if we really look back, when do we actually really legitimately get in trouble? We define getting in trouble as our peer, we look stupid in front of our peers. Right. 
that's the most that's probably the the most uh, serious offense that we see or we feel regularly and so we don't want to do that and uh, so oftentimes we'll either not hold somebody to a standard because we feel bad for them or we will uh, um, we will do it uh, ineffectively or inappropriately and it causes a screwed up outcome right. and 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 that that ain't good that ain't good moving forward that that's yeah. what impacts the trust part right well, because there has to be a certain level of, of integrity in that methodology or in that process, right? And when you don't do that, you compromise the integrity of that training or of that individual, that proctor, that person. Where, I mean, it, it happens in the military all the time. You see people pencil whip certain things through certain stuff, and it's not right there either, but that standard has to be held, not just in 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 our instance. It's for the betterment of the community and our uh, firefighters to the left and right of us because, because if we can't hold to a standard when shit gets bad and, and you do get brought into deep water, you got to be able to, to do your job. Yeah, absolutely. So and our standards are built around the, the tactical objectives and, and how we get there. Um, so while we're talking about standard, let's talk about fitness for a second and wh- how, we, how we manage that and how we've chosen to. And I don't necessarily disagree with how we've chosen to do it. In fact, I've supported it for a long time is – um, I can at least say for our organization, there is not a fitness standard, and that and that's been a challenge from for a very very long time. I've 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 spoke about this topic with one of the people that started the the peer fitness program for the wellness initiative through um, the WFI, and he, and and he told me I tried to bring this up twenty years ago, and they told me to shove it up my ass. Yeah. So, but. That doesn't mean uh, we don't have to be fit to our, do our job. Because we absolutely here's, have to. Yeah, so here's, what it, here's the way you actually manage that, is if, uh, if we are fit enough to do the fundamental skills that, we have, that we're expected to do on the fire ground, you know, um, uh, getting hose lines where they need to go, forcible entry, ventilation, throwing ladders, using hand tools, using power tools, those types of things. If we are able to accomplish those safely, effectively, meet the... Uh, uh, meet the objective of what we're trying to accomplish, then we're obviously fit enough to do it as well. And then we start to look at, okay, can we do that in a compounding way? Am I, am I fit enough just to show up and do the first thing and then I'm done? Or am I fit enough to show up and make it through the entire incident uh, in a reasonable manner and in a, in a way that's real and expected? And so uh, we do have so we, we, we'll oftentimes we'll recognize a problem. We'll recognize a performance problem. We do this in recruit training all the time. We'll recognize somebody who can't do something or they're having a difficult time doing that. And then, and then the comment will be, well, he's just, not, he, he's just not in shape or he's just not fit enough to do that. Well, there is not a fitness standard. Fitness may be a component of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we need to work on the performance of the standard, and maybe we augment phys- fitness, and maybe we augment that kind of training, but we, we're, we're looking for them to finish the standard. I don't necessarily... I can't, I can't correlate um, uh, a number of push-ups, a number of sit-ups, and a number of... Uh, or a, a time and a mile-and-a-half run to be able to effectively pull a hand line, pull ceiling, do search and rescue... Uh, uh, search for fire extension. So I'm on the other side of this. I like, know you are. Like, I like, know you are. Like, like you and I have specifically worked with some specific individuals, recruits and firefighters that could not do the minimum for their job, right? So we 
evaluate them, put them on a program, got them to a point to where they could do that work because because you know as well as every other RTO or chief that's been down at the training academy, if you are not fit enough to be able to 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 learn the skills because you're so out of shape that you can't even pay attention to the instruction, that's a failure on your part. And I agree. And how did we improve those people? We improved them by improving their fitness. Yeah, through fitness. So so I agree. Number of push-ups, sit-ups, all that uh, mile and a half run, that doesn't equate to being a good firefighter. No, No way, shape, or form. In the military, different story. That can equate to a fitness standard for dive school, for um, a selection process for a promotional process and stuff like that. Um, but what I what I believe in 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 my heart and after training, I don't know how many people we trained, eight hundred recruits come, you know, that that have come through that academy that we physically trained every single one of those. If you had a skills course of whatever six, seven, eight, nine, ten events, something like that. And you had the firefighter, male or female, run that skills course based off of age, gender, and whatever else. And not, and don't make it crazy. It doesn't have to be like you got to get through this in 22 minutes or 60 minutes. Like you have up up until 30 minutes to get through or 40 minutes or whatever. About it is. 24 hours. Can I get it done in 24 <laughs> yeah, hours? Yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever it is. Say, so, you know, if if they can get through it, it's just a check. It's, it's a pass fail. It's not whatever. You don't get any extra points because the other thing that, that I don't agree with in the fire service is how someone cannot be physically fit or not be on a truck and be able to get into a promotional process. Yeah, that's another conversation. That's yeah, a totally sure, separate sure. conversation. But so what you're talking about, though, with a fitness test or a fitness standard, so to speak, you're talking about skills. Mm-hmm. You're talking about them demonstrating some validated skills that are that are similar to, or exact what exactly what we do on the fire ground, and that's what I want them to be able to do. Now they have to have a, a certain fundamental level of fitness to be able to accomplish that. Right. But it's the skills that I'm actually more interested in. And Absolutely. So we accomplish that, and we and we accomplish both. Right. If we have something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah. Because if if the first step of the process is. Uh, uh, run out the hose line and they're cashed or wiped out or like after that, then, Hey, you, you're not able to do your, you're only able to do one fifth of your job at that point, And you shouldn't be on a fire truck at that point. That's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah. I, no, I can't, I can't argue against it very, very strongly. So I was hoping you would. No, no, <laughs> I, I can't. I mean, I, we, we got to be able to do our jobs. Right? right. So, so in order for us to do that, training becomes a pretty important thing. And not only, what we're teaching, but how we're teaching it, the methodology in which we teach it, the regularity in which we teach it, and how do we teach this ongoing running cycle of fundamentals and and training and retraining and and refreshing and all that kind of stuff. And then how simultaneously then do we manage all these new, interesting, different things that come up uh, for us, or how do we introduce new fire behavior research? How do we introduce new uh, new fire suppression ideas, tools, um, uh, methodologies? Um, and so we have to learn as an organization how to be able to do, or or as any organization, honestly, how to do both simultaneously. I'll tell you what, we do it fairly successfully in EMS. There's a certain level of fundamental CE stuff that, that medics and P, uh, EMTs go through on a yearly basis, and then we'll introduce some new uh, uh, 
I, I'm not a big fan of that word just in time, but it becomes, um, uh, you know, things that we may not cover uh, very regularly or something new that we introduce. Why do you um, think we're so good at EMS stuff? Because it's a standard. Well, that, and I think we get the reps. Well, uh, yeah, so it's it's both. So um, yep, first, on uh, for the, on the standard side, there are very clear-cut things either by the state or the National Registry that define these are the things you have to do every two years to maintain your, uh, your EMT certification, your paramedic certification. Super clear-cut. It's established by uh, boards and panels that uh, are the um, regulatory agency for the certification of being an EMT or paramedic. And, and there's no... There's no uh, getting around it. No, yeah, you, you, you meet the standard, you don't. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. So, pass fail. So, um, so that's a big part. Uh, on the other part, on the other side, it is sets and reps. And if we looked at our work overall, and we said that you know seventy percent of our work is EMS related, twenty five percent is uh, fire related, and that five percent is the other things that we do, the other hazard zones that we go into, and 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 I'm just kind of pulling those numbers out of my ass. I'm not a, they're close, but they're, they may not be exact. We won't fact check that. Yeah. And, uh, I would say in the grand scheme of that, if you, if you listen to Gordon Graham and you look at, uh, uh, his, his risk assessment of, uh, high, uh, uh, low frequency, low risk, high frequency, low risk. Um, let's see what's, what's the, what are the other two, uh, high risk, uh, high frequency and high risk, low frequency. Yep. The fire ground would probably fall in the high risk, low frequency. Absolutely. Uh, for the in the overall process. Now I think system. we do. I, I, I'm and I'm not trying to say that is we don't go on fires because we we are going we we have gone on plenty of fires and right now we're probably going on more fires than we have in a long long time. So, um, but still, uh, when you look at the percentages of that that part of our work, now interestingly we spend a lot of time training. That's how. Your introduction is 99.9% fire-related and a small percentage EMS-related. Um, uh, well, that's not going to kill you. What's that? The EMS-related side. <laughs> well, it can. Sometimes slowly. Yeah, well, true. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there is lower physical risk a lot of times to that type of stuff uh, that we do, but there's still some inherent risk there. And it uh, and it matters to our community. You know, you're dealing with other human beings. On the fire ground, we it's less of an opportunity. And I'm not 100% sure what's going on in our heads where we feel right now. Uh, um, I get a general sense that we're living on our reputation rather than who we are today. We are for sure. And, and it's not anybody's fault that, that we are, but um, in our specific system, we're so young. Like, we don't have the experience. We don't have the reps. There, there's not a John Hinton or a or a Khrushchev or, or a Terry Garrison or something like that to be able to pass on that stuff to us because um, what's the most, just on average, would you say the most senior battalion chief is right now? Five years? Less? Oh, no, no, no. We've got some more senior guys. But average of all Oh, those. yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe that is. Maybe, maybe the five years. Yeah. Maybe five years or less. Yeah, I, it's a pretty significant percentage. I know that... How many battalions you serve? There's 20... There are 27, I believe, in the field. And, and, and they've made 19 or 20 in the last three years, four years? I am thinking 
right now going through my head, I can maybe come up with two or three that have been doing it longer than me. <laughs> and I have, uh, and I, eight, and I've been doing it for eight years. So one ninth of the time chiefs have been doing it longer than yeah. you have. Yeah. So they're just, they're just an experience. Yeah. I happen to work with the senior battalion chief in my, in my battalion uh, on another ship. Um, and he's been doing it a long time. Um, so, yeah, uh, time and experience has something to do with that and, and the recognition. And there's, there's change. There's always evolution in any process. But we still have to, we have to demonstrate that our organizational philosophy and our organizational value are centered around service delivery and secondary to that is training for our service delivery so that's this all right so we're starting at the top then absolutely we're starting at the top or organizationally speaking you have to be uh, focused on service delivery and two training to be able to get where uh you're satisfying the needs of the community yeah so where does that come from so we have stated organizational values right and those organizational values reflect what we as an uh, as a as a fire department or any fire department i, I, I keep saying we but i'm i guess i'm using the royal we because it's i'm thinking of us nationally yeah. is our our uh what we feel is important is based on our values and we have to have some type of formal value statement um and um which ours is we have to survive, be nice those well those aren't our values that's our mission statement yes. well it was our mission statement and we and then we made another one and we, we changed it well somebody said that that's our motto now and I, I don't know what that means but uh so um uh our values define who we are and our values define what we what we feel is important so our organizational values have to be centered around uh, for everybody, have to be centered around doing our job, customer service, and then secondarily training to do our job. We, we don't exist for any other reason. So you spend a little bit of time in training. So at the high level, organizational level, what does that look like? How, how does that plan get laid out? Um, so it should get laid out on, or on just I like I explained I before. There's certain, there's certain things that should be continuous and foundational and on a repetitive cycle, and whether that cycle is twelve months, twenty-four months, thirty-six months, it, I, I don't, I don't know. It should be probably for a lot of things. It should be thirty shorter than thirty-six or twenty-four months, but sometimes because of time and money and and all of that, it, it it ends up being longer. So there's a certain set of things like command training that should be foundational training that we continually recycle the important critical. Uh, information and skills, and we can apply them to whatever whatever incident we want to, but they're the same foundational elements that we keep working through the functions of command and strategic decision making and uh, and those types of things. To me, that that that's that would be at a minimum a quarterly thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. At a minimum, if it, well, if we're talking command officers, I think it should be every thirty days. Yeah, I if agree. we're talking about company officers, I think it should be quarterly. Um, and if we're talking entire crews, I think it should be at least twice a year, at least as a whole crew doing yeah, together, that type three of thing. and one, yep. first alarm, something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. The management and the thought process and the critical thinking of fire ground activities. Yeah. I would actually disagree with you on the company officer side of it. I think they need, especially now with the level of experience that, that we have in our system, 
to be monthly. Well, so but we have to mix it in with all the other things they have to be able to yeah. do, because the command side is important. You know, they're showing up and being that incident commander. They're the they're the only person on the fire ground that gets to work at the strategic, tactical, and task level, um, uh, and and they we really really need them to be good at it. But at the same time, they're also learning how to manage manage and lead the task level. Yeah. And what does that work hap- uh, What does that work look like? How do you fit into that? How do you manage that? How do you direct it? How do you build your crew up so they got fundamental skills to be able to do some of it that where you're not having to to you know constantly be right over mm-hmm. their shoulder supervising. Put water on that right there. Do this. Do that. Get open it this way. If I'm getting a three, if I'm a company officer, I show up on a house fire. And I'm getting a 360, and I'm, uh, I said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a lap around this place," and and we have fire showing from a front front window. I need to know that my that my that my two firefighters know exactly where to take the line, where to and where to put water. Yeah, right and, now, and how they're going to do that. Right now, some of them don't know that. I agree, and yeah. I think that's because we're we haven't trained enough. I agree. Um, and I'm not saying the monthly company officer stuff would have to be physically in person at at, at, a, at a command training some like that. A fire problem that the you know that that the battalion chief distributes, and you guys can get on a Zoom call or yeah. whatever, and just work through it. Maybe if we talk weekly about tactics, might that might be interesting. Well, now you're fucking talking crazy. Dude. I know. Settle down. Yeah. So um, pump the brakes, bro. Yeah. <laughs> So there is, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things. Uh, we, we, we stratify it through strategic, tactical, and task level things. There are things that, um, uh, you know, this is from a departmental level. There's things that the department has to be in charge of and the department has to be prepared to deliver and create the time and have the money and develop the resources to be able to do that. Yep. Um, but that can't, they can't do it all. No, there is no, no way they can do it all. So we filter some of that down to the battalions we've, uh, so that the, there, there's some, some uh, products that are materials that go to the battalion chiefs, so then they can work with their battalions inside their, in, in, inside their geographical area uh, um, with their crews on, on, on how to get these things done. Right. But there should be some stuff that they're doing outside of that. Absolutely. And then the same thing for company officers is they need to attend all that, and then they need to come up with ways to exercise and train on the things that are fundamental to, for them at the task level. So, which for me, if you're if you have a good rapport with you, your guys, that's the easy part. Yeah, but it ain't easy for everybody, right? Uh, well, okay, I'll I'll agree with that. So let's frame. Uh, it. I look at it as easy. Yeah, because you're with there, like. You guys want to do something. And it's fun. We get along. We trust each other. There's all that. Yeah, you're you're stuck in the same place for 24 hours. But when you're missing one of those elements, it ain't easy and it ain't fun. Gotcha. Unfortunately. I haven't been part of that yet, and I don't think I ever want to be. Yeah. (laughs) But but, um, so top level, figure out what's important. Set up a cycle. How often you're going to give it. And develop a curriculum around each one of those core competencies that you that you that whoever deems is important, and the boss has to say it's important, and they have to say it's important regularly. And yeah, I mean that should be a no brainer, right? Like like that should be yeah. This is it that that should be coming from the boss, and then the minion should be spitting that out over and over and over and over. Hundred percent, right? Hundred percent. So, hundred percent. If if it's not important to the boss, then you're kind of missing the first step, right? Yeah. So it's kind of funny. I was watching a 
short three minute video that uh, somebody recorded of Bruno uh, this morning and putting something together for another class we're teaching and uh, uh, the title of it is uh, in order to fix customer service you have to fix the boss <laughs> right yeah. so in that this is where the whole uh, if you uh, um, follow mean kids home you find more you're more than likely to find mean parents absolutely uh, that that whole uh, comparison comes from and so if you want to if you need want to improve customer service look at look at the boss or the bosses in that general and general uh, scheme and more than likely if we're not delivering good customer service the boss is creating some environment that's creating that shitty customer service absolutely in the way they're treating the employees the way they're training the employees where they're equip equipping the employees so um, it's uh, it's a, actually a pretty simple fundamental is uh, uh, the boss is as important to customer service as anybody else so you, so at one time you served as the chief of training Correct. Yep. So, how does that? Do you develop what you think is important and what you need to be cycled? Then you take that to the powers of be, and they and they sign off on it, or does it go the other way? Hey, these are the things that are important to me, Chris. I want you to develop something around it. I think in a perfect world, it's a good balance of both. I think in a perfect world, it's uh, um, the bosses have vision of where we want to go and what, what's important to us and what we want to train on, that that's imparted, hey, go go deliver this, cool. Um, and then, but then another part of it is is that interaction with labor, that interaction with the people doing work. If you want to know uh, what the best broom to buy is, ask the people who use the broom. What's a broom? Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's just a simple question, right? If you want, if you need information about, what they need better training on, what they need to know more, what they struggle with, what make, uh, what's new, talk to them. Talk to the people who are doing the work. They should supply it. Now, uh, how do you do that? They don't, Surveys, do you, do you union meetings? Well, no. So we have a, we have a, for us, we have a, we have a whole labor management system and we have people who are uh, elected or appointed or uh, a bunch of different ways that go into become our, our union officers and then uh, and then they're assigned a certain task. So I always had a, a, a co-chair or somebody that I was working with from labor on these projects and we talked regularly and uh, and at significant length about what what they saw, what was important to them. And then I know that criminal that, did, that used to work with. And, well, <laughs> there's a few of them, right? right? Yeah. yeah, I got more than one. I got a feeling so, it... it, it 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 kind of went. This is what I think is important. And they said, "Yeah, I agree with that." And let's maybe do a little bit of this. Yeah. Uh, well, so <laughs> of the few I had, um, we actually had pretty. We had a really good relationship, and we worked through stuff. And uh, and I had to develop processes in order to get things done uh, uh, that, that to help them understand. Yep. Hey, here's where I think we need to go, and and uh, um, and and we would get there. And and they offered good input, and they kept me out of trouble a lot of times. And that that's pretty damn nice. So yeah, so you need you need input from the bosses and you need input from the workers, but then somebody's got to do the work, and then at some point they got to as as again as Bruno would say is uh, tell them what you want, give them the tools to do it, and get the hell out of the way. So at some point everybody's got to get it out of the way and we've got to execute it. The good bosses will let you do that. Yeah, and then and then at the end measure it, figure out figure out how it went. Did we do the right thing? Did it work? Um, in fact, the best way to do that is to survey the people that took the training. That's why every, every, at every end of any training block, 
or uh, block or class, there is, uh, I'm asking for written feedback. Write down what you think. Now, oftentimes firefighters only write something unless they're trying to be funny or it was really fucked up. So uh, that's usually the only input you would get. Um, but it was actually some of the best input, some of the funniest input I think I've ever got. <laughs> and I, I, I know I've said this story before, but uh, the, best, the best feedback I ever got from a training, and it was from fire behavior training that we did in 2016, and it was, if I had a terminal illness, I would want it to come to this class because it felt like an eternity. <laughs> That's some smart son yeah. of a bitches that write that shit. This, this is where fun goes to die. Yeah. I'm like, right on. Hopefully, they fucking wrote their name at the top of it. No, absolutely oh, not. Yeah, but so I've, it's, it's, I've, that's my favorite feedback so far. <laughs> that you'll never forget. And if you're listening, you know who that is? Yeah. Messages. I would love <laughs> to know who actually wrote that. Nobody ever claimed it. Me too, because there's not that many smart guys out there. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So, train to that standard, roll it out. Evaluate it, give it back, uh, tweak it, and then go from there. Yeah, and then do it again. Yeah. And, uh, and make it continuous, make it consistent. Yeah. What else? Um, and make sure that you are working on the fundamentals that are perishable. So we have a lot of skills that we teach initially in the academy that, um, you know, in the academy, you're living and breathing it, you know, 10, 12 hours a day for 14, 15 weeks, depending on how long it is, um, you know, that's a lot of time and a lot of repetitions to spend on doing something. Yeah, I am I am the perfect example. You can teach any dumbass off the street how to be a firefighter that knows nothing coming into an academy. That was me. Again, we're not splitting atoms. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're freaking at work. So <laughs> yeah, right. You're, you're yeah. Right now. well, I'm, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> right. So, um, so those perishable skills, and this is where the, I'm talking to the company officers right now. So those perishable skills, um, when we leave the academy, the second we leave the academy, they start to diminish. I agree. Unless we specifically recognize what they are and we spend um, that, that self-disciplined time dealing with them uh, and training on them and keeping... Uh, keeping them from starting to wither and die. And why are those perishable skills? Like, I can, I know, I think I know why that they're perishable. Well, so they're perishable because they're a lot of them are physical and mental skills that if we don't, uh, uh, if we don't reinforce regularly, we tend to, uh, we tend to lose um, the ability to do them as autonomically as yeah. we should. So I'll be more specific. When you don't train something on a regular basis, I don't care if it's weight training, pajama wrestling, cycling, yeah. you lose the mu- muscle. It muscle, atrophies, right? Muscle memory, right? Yeah, that right. goes away. Yep. Your level of fitness maybe disappears. What, what's, a, what's another thing that goes? Uh, if you're coming into a corner at 21 miles an hour that you haven't done in a while, your timing's off. Oh, totally. Yeah. Your balance, your yeah. timing, all, your rhythm. All, all those things are the exact same when, when you're when you're performing a firefighter-specific skill, if you're not doing those things on a regular basis, timing's off, strength's off, cardiovascular fitness is off, your critical thinking is off because not every single situation is ever going to be the same. So all that muscle memory and all those reps and all that timing has been thrown out the door, and you have to work just as hard or harder to get back to where you were at. And as you age, um, <laughs> as as you put on more weight, as you get married, have a have a family, kids, stuff like that, all that stuff becomes an excuse. So the training portion of it and the physical fitness side of it has to become even more important at that point because 
in that 14 or 15 weeks, you sat down, you brought the family into the academy, you're going to need to support the firefighter, they're going to have long days, you this and that and the other. You are, you are catered to from everybody for that 14 or, or 15 weeks. Once you leave that year of probation, now you're on your own. Yeah, it's real life now, yeah, buddy. Yeah, exactly. And that's where complacency, um, lack of self-discipline, all that stuff starts to creep its way into your system. And if you're not doing those things, you're going to lose them. Yeah, and we try and compensate for that with youth. So we sometimes we can get away with not being as sharp in our 20s and maybe our 30s um, and compensate a little bit. Uh, but trust me, man, you get into your 40s and 50s, that compensation. My brain still tells me I can do certain things that uh, once I initiate that actual action, <laughs> my body is saying, what is wrong with you? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, the timing, all of that becomes uh, really important. Uh, but I will say there are certain things that we don't lose because you do spend so much time. Interestingly, we did our MCS this year at our, our minimum company standards at, you know, in our battalion. And uh, uh, it had been a few years since I'd thrown my SCBA for time. Well, since I worked at the academy. Mm-hmm. And it had been a few years since I'd thrown my ladders. Um, but uh, a, a little bit of uh, rote. muscle memory actually got me through all of that. And I was actually pretty happy. Um, uh, So those fundamental things um, seem fundamental and easy, and they definitely are when we're younger on the job. They become more difficult when we get older on the job. And, but that time when it becomes more difficult or we we start to, we lose the, 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 they become more perishable more quickly. Right. Um, that's when that actually could mean more for our life in Absolutely. saving our yeah. life. So because we you, always think like, oh, I could do that, but when push comes to shove and you're in a really bad situation, that's not when you want to want to find out that you can't. Absolutely. So your so your ability to use your SCBA, not only that, but your ability to use your SCBA with fire gloves on, mm-hmm. your ability to manipulate your radio, which is an important portion of your PPE and your ability to communicate. Um, your ability to uh, uh, do certain things in low light environments, um, you know, feeling hose couplings. I don't know if you're a 25 year firefighter. Uh, I don't know when the last time you actually paid attention and, and to to the, the the way couplings should feel to determine the direction that you're traveling along a hose line. Um, and 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 so those those things as we get older. We need to exercise more, and that really, really falls on the shoulders of the company officer. There's individual responsibility that all of us have, but it's the company officer's job to be the designated adult and and make sure that we're doing all of those things. Depending on, I'm trying to think of an instance where this wouldn't be beneficial, but one of the issues I have with with training, and I'm not talking about fire department or, or uh, specifically, is the lack of an, of of intensity that the training has ran out. I'm not saying when you're up at the uh, what the hell did you call that thing with the podium? The dais. The dais. Like you don't have to be standing at the dais and be screaming at people right. for intensity. But if if you're doing a save your own drill, if you're doing some type of of of, uh, of hose evolution stuff like that, there has to be a certain level of intensity to mimic the stress that you're going to have in the moment that you're going to have it. And we don't, we do that a little bit, 
by smoking up a a room, sometimes by blacking out. But we don't ever, ever run something to where that level of intensity is so high that because uh, sometimes, uh, de- depending on the instant, your heart rate can be jacked up before you even get into that front door. So we don't do anything like that. So Or before you have to uh, respond in an emergency situation. Absolutely. And, and like my deal is the higher a level that you can train intensity-wise and accomplish the task at hand, the better that you're going to be. Like boxers, fighters, wrestlers, football players, cyclists. You don't go out and like, oh, uh, I'm going to figure out my race pace on race day. You don't you, like you don't do no that. no no yeah you you spend a lot of time <laughs> at, at at tempo and, and yeah. know where you're uh, looking at your power meter and looking yeah, look at, at your, your heart rate and all that, that and yeah, all that stuff hundred percent so we don't we don't do that on the physical side of it which would be um, I mean we do it we did it in the pre academy stuff like that where we would always take take those young recruits out into deep water where they've never been so they can realize like oh shit this is what it feels like to be at the edge of my physical capacity and now I still have to do some work. That kind of stuff. So uh, I agree. Um, w- there has to be, uh, in order to get, in order to become proficient at any of that stuff, you have to be able to train in a similar manner in which the real, the reality is going to exist. Um, I'm now considering all the challenges that we have that uh, that get in the way of us not accomplishing that. And the first and foremost in, in my mind is time, for sure. So we're at a we're at a we're at a position where we're going to have either at or over half of our companies run 3500 calls in a year. 3500 calls is the threshold for the NFPA for Europe. If you're over 3500, you're a really busy company. And uh and then and that's also the threshold then fire department should start looking at um how do we how do we mitigate uh, this uh, this risk and this vulnerability by having companies running over 3,500 calls. And it's not uncommon in a lot of fire departments to see 4,000, 5,000, even some rare ones where it's six to 7,000 runs in, in, a, in a 24 or in, a, in 365 days in the year. Those are all legitimate calls too, right? <laughs> you know they're really serious when you're if you're available to run that many calls yeah, they're right. not all that serious <laughs> when it's a five right? minute call over yeah. and over and over again you know it's bullshit yeah so nonetheless it still taxes you yeah 100 percent. so we have we've we, we, any system any organization that's going to run all these calls you have to be able to balance or or and, and decide when and how you're going to train and if you're running uh, this if you if if the majority of your companies is running an absurd amount of calls in their 24-hour shift they're not going to be able to train effectively because you don't have the time and the resources and the resiliency of the system to allow them to train effectively now you have to decide that that's the way you want to train you know that what you described before mm-hmm. and and we have to make that decision that no it's important that we actually do that so that we're ready to, to respond um, and then when you do that, you ha- there has to be an opportunity and the time and the, and the, the, the place for them to be able to do that. So um, it's a it's a it's a shift in 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 w- the 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 leaders have to make in order to be able to accomplish that. So uh, we can't train that way, the way you're describing, and uh, get our ass kicked for the other. So if that if that type of training takes two hours, let's say, or an hour. And we're getting our ass kicked for the other 22 or 23 hours in a shift. Um, that that that's the we're going to get diminishing returns. 
So the system has to figure out is how do we how do we do that more efficiently? Can we do the, the uh, training on our days off isn't a good thing because when you're getting your ass kicked, you need your two days off. Um, uh, but to work, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. How do you? Uh, so we need to adjust our resources and our, our capability to respond and the capacity for us to be able to respond on calls that allows for a certain percentage of our folks to be able to train in the way that you described every single day. Yeah, and I don't know if if it if it's an everyday thing. Well, it, to, to some degree. Or, yeah, I think or it's, you the, need the, to test yourself. There's an opportunity. Yeah. yeah, there's an opportunity to. Yeah, and and I don't know what the what the feeling is on going out of service for 45 minutes or 30 minutes or something like that to get that done. I know where I've worked when we've have asked for that time, it's usually given to us to do it and you know and if you have a good relationship with the crews around you they you know they respect that but if 25 well. percent of the the organization wants to or needs to do it at any given time yeah it takes 25 percent of the way from the response system and it's just again the system has to be built to tolerate being able to do that and that is going to be done when the values uh um, match yeah. Yeah. what you're talking about right yeah, so it's a it's a it's an interesting deal. So that's the physical side of it. Uh-huh. Um, during the uh, the Wednesday tactics class that that uh, I was in that you were teaching, um, one thing I caught in that class was everybody wanted to, to, to know what's the magic bullet, what's the secret sauce, how do you do that? And I'm speaking more to uh, company officers and potential company officers studying for a promotional test. But I guess it, it could go to the um, um, command officer level as well. It's like you know they want to know like what do I do? How do I do? Like what's what's the magic way to do it? That's a that's more of a cerebral problem solving thing, right? Well, so I don't care about the test. Um, well, I do, but I don't. Um, uh, when it's my responsibility, I care about the test and how and how it's built and so right. that it matches yeah. the right things. But when it ain't my responsibility, I don't care about the test. I care about the job because yeah. that's what we're all going to be. We that's care what about we're the all job first. To and do. The test should be whatever yeah. it is. And, but and the, but the test then is up to the organization to make sure that the test matches the the work and the training. And and if they do, that's fantastic. Things line up appropriately, and it's exactly the way it should be. And, and when they training, don't. <laughs> well, or if or if you uh, um, if you test them on something you've never trained them on, uh, that's going to suck. Yeah, that, that's going to suck for the people taking the test, and it's going to suck for the people who delivered it because it becomes an illegitimate process at right. some point. So there should be no secrets. Yeah, no, they're absolutely because we're asking them to do the work, yeah. the job, and, yeah. and if you and if the job's a secret, then yeah. you can't. <laughs> yeah, that's. You're, you're missing a fundamental. These are technical objectives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, everybody's looking for a magic bullet, and they're either looking for a magic bullet on the test or they're looking for a magic bullet in the job. And there's no magic bullets for either. Yeah, and I see it more of of them wanting a magic bullet for the job, like 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 tactically speaking. Yeah. Or um, or from a strategic standpoint, like they want to know, like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Like, you be good at the fundamentals. Yeah. You be good at assessing the fire ground and doing a size up and understanding what the problem is, and uh, the the and we've talked about this before in in other in 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 other uh, conversations we've had on here, is you have to in order to be good at size up you have to actually understand fire behavior you have to understand building construction you have to understand how the two impact one another you have to understand uh um uh about 
what are you there to do? The life safety part, the, the, the savable property part. You have to understand about the capabilities and capacities of yourself and of all the other companies responding. And then, and, and, and when you can, can when you can, uh, and, and, and throw some experience in there. I've seen this before. I've done this before. I've, I learned this from someplace else. You, you, you go through that internal Rolodex of slides and, um, once you're able to do that, you become fairly adept at being able to measure the problem. But Chief Stewart, like I know all that stuff, and I've read, and I've come to your classes, I know that stuff, but how do I get the reps? How do you get the reps? You get the reps by doing. <laughs> you get the reps by paying attention you get the, uh, and, and having the own your personal experience. You get the reps through other people's experience and talking and communicating with other people and learning. And when somebody else has a fire or a call, you call them and go, dude, what happened? So tell me, take tell, some listen. initiative. Yeah, yeah, get off your ass. <laughs> yeah, so you take some initiative to go find some things out. The other thing... You mean we're not, it's not going to be catered to everybody? Yeah, I, I want it right now and in my hand, and I want it to be, I want to be paid a lot to do it. So the, too. the other thing that I think guys don't miss, and, and I did it, and, and, and all the guys I know that have been successful in the process and that are just good captains in general, they've taken the time on their days off or on shift to drive the fuck around and look at buildings and make up fire problems in their head and size them up, um, go through the critical fire ground factors, go through all that stuff on a regular basis. Well, so I'm gonna, first, I just want to say taking the initiative. And so for some reason, uh, a large percentage of firefighters, and I'm, and I'm talking nationally, a large percentage of firefighters uh, have not been interested in education. And, 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 and believe me, uh, I was taught in education, you can, you can get an education in an educational institution. There's the, 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 I, I highly recommend it. Um, but a real education is people and places. A real education is experiences. A real education is interactions with other human beings who've actually done some interesting, similar things or had other experiences and pull it out of them, have a conversation with them, say, help me learn this or help help explain to me what you've seen or done or, or, or any of that. So invest in that, right? We are in the age of where there is so much stuff available to us from the internet, YouTube, social media. I, Porn is everywhere. I, yeah, well, that, <laughs> that too. You, that, and I like to say that in class. You know, you can actually use your phone, that handheld <laughs> computer, for something other than what you're actually normally using it for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, you, find, there, you can find legitimate things on it. It's fucking first, first I've ever heard of it. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, so take the initiative to, to, to get that education and... Uh, and, and it ain't going to come to you, man. Sitting on your ass, or uh, as Khrushchev would say, riding the green, it ain't going to come to you. You've got to make the, make the effort to actually go get it, go find it, and engage other people uh, to get some of that. And, and the people that want to make um, the difference, uh, make, m- make... I go- see what you did there. Yeah, see that? Uh, make the world a better place, or make your department a better place, or make your crew a better place they're going to want to spend the time to help you with that if you show initiative and come to them and say, hey, I'm fucking up on this. Like, I need some help with this. And be specific in what you need, not what do I do? That's what I, that's the, that, uh, I said it to, I was talking to Dan Radrakowski about training the other day, and I said, dude, that's the high I'm chasing. 
when when that that inquisitiveness is, hey man, uh, hey I got a question. This didn't make sense, or yeah. I don't understand this, or I want to get better at this, or, um, hey man, I paid attention. This is what we did. It worked. It was awesome. And can we talk about that some yeah. more? That is the high I'm chasing every day at work. Me and you are chasing two different highs. Yeah, I, I, that's, <laughs> I, I know that I'm that I'm fucked up. I know that. Um, it's good. But but that it, it, that's it. That's what we're. That's what I'm looking for professionally at this point in my career. That's what I like. Is I like watching the light bulbs go on above people's heads. And then they go out and they do it and they do a good job and they feel good about it. And, and then they want to help somebody else do a good job. And I'm, I'm bad. And I've always said this, I'm not good at physically training average people. I'm not good at, 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 at training John Smith that wants to get in shape, stuff like that. I'm, I'm good at taking someone that's an athlete or has been an athlete and making them better. Same thing with people that come to me for tactics or, or, or anything like that. I'm not good at, at telling you, this is what you need to do. I'm good at go do all the fundamental shit and I'll fine tune you. And, and that's where, that, that's where like, I work the best. But the guys that I think that, that, that get the most and I've seen get the most, I'm like, hey, man, like they don't have a good mentor or they don't have a strong leader at their station or they don't have just anyone to help with that. What Can I come down and can I just ride around with you and we can go look at buildings? I'm like, bet, you bet your ass, dude. Bring your turnouts. Come on down. We will go do that kind of stuff. And the real physical work of looking at buildings, understanding building construction, understanding fire behavior, all that stuff is so important to be able to get good at that type of problem-solving, cerebral type stuff. Not the physical task, also, but, but the actual problem-solving at it. Because you, you have to do that, and you have to make mistakes. You have to have someone critique you and help you along that process so you can grow. Because if you're not doing that stuff, you're never going to get the reps, and you're never going to have that full picture of, okay, I get it. Yeah, if it's easy, you ain't growing. Mm-mm. I promise you that. Yeah, Mike Ronson's coming out. He's like, bro, you made my nose bleed. Because his nose started bleeding in the fire truck. Come like, on. I swear to God. I'm like, why are you so stressed out? And like, guys, you know. Is he hypertensive? No, oh, he probably was. Probably was. <laughs> so probably had, probably had something else going on. But, and and I would put guys in that front seat. And I would sit in back. I'm like, all right, there's your building. Size it up. And you can just watch your face like, what? I've, I've never I've never done this before. Then fucking do it. Yeah, you're here now. Go. Go. Go, go do it. Because, because well, you know what? You're going to end up in that situation, yeah, and you yeah. might as well be miserable right now where you got a, a safety net. Yeah, you're, you're in the trust tree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right there. So, and, 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 and they're like, well, I'm, I'm going to say it wrong, or like, just I don't care. fucking go through it. That's why we're here. You're not going to be perfect. I, I think people need to, I think we're getting better at it, at, at, at being okay with, I'm going to fucking suck. This is going to suck, and this isn't going to come out perfect, but I have to start somewhere. You have to show up and start. Well, the other thing we have to do is all of us have to be better at uh, not uh, not screwing with that guy. Yes. I just had a conversation with uh, with a guy on the way here. He's like, hey, dude, keep posting the stuff on the, on the uh, Instagram page. I, I love seeing it. And I said, hey, man, thanks for taking care of so-and-so on that fire. I heard what you did. And he's like, dude, he goes... Uh, that's what we're supposed to do. And I said, yeah, holding holding the line to me doesn't mean doing more with less. Holding the line to me means taking care of each other, giving each, you know, having each other's backs. When shit goes south, hold the line for that person. And he's like, yeah, I want to try and, 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 
and change the culture a bit to where people are more accepting and more understanding and having more empathy for it. I'm like, yeah, young captain, never had an apartment fire. Like, yeah, like, like take that perspective and not be an asshole. Figure out how you can lift him up and help him out versus going, what a fucking dumbass. Can't believe you did that. Like, that's the wrong approach, right? Well, yeah, yeah, it's a wrong approach because guess what? You're going to be in that situation someday. Yep. Either you're going to miss something, your, your, your shit's not lined out right, you're not lined out right, the world's, the world's kicking your ass today, and you miss something pretty big, and you, and you trip and you fall. Um, uh, you, you'll get treated the way you treated other people. We posted something, I don't know, it was a couple weeks ago. Like It said the only time you should be looking down on a brother is when you're picking him up. Period. Agree, yeah. Yeah, period. Like, no, no, no other way. How else can you guys get more reps on the command officer, company officer side, if it's not in a formal setting, on their own? Well, so there's plenty Blue of, card. There, yeah, there's plenty of educational opportunities right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and that are uh, intensely and uh, directly geared towards that stuff. There is not a better way to wrap your head around functions of command, blue card, all that than taking uh, or uh, uh, than taking blue card, becoming a blue card they certified uh, um, uh, company officer. Yeah, they right? hammer it. Yeah, I went through it. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it is totally worth it, and we all for us here locally, we should all recognize it because it's it's built the way we were built. It was built here. It, it is our, our people. It right? is us, yeah. right? It's our DNA. Yeah. And so, um, we, we, uh, yeah, you should do that. You should spend the time doing that. It will make you better. Even if you don't even have a plan to promote, do it. It will make you it better. It makes you smarter. hundred percent. Yeah. It makes you a better at thinking and, and understanding. And that will always make us better, uh, when we're doing the work. So yeah, the, I do that. Um, and then, uh, there has never been more task and tactical level conferences around the United States than right now. Well, I shouldn't say right this second because we're in a fucking pandemic. <laughs> but uh, it, it, at this at this general area in time, last year uh, between uh, conferences in Portland uh, and I think the group's called Brothers in Battle, and then County Fire Tactics down in Florida, and there's some other stuff that is like. Uh, legitimately for firemen to do firemen things um, uh, and by, by, by legitimate instructors, people who have real experience and who have a real passion and who are interested in other people getting better. Um, yeah, there's a lot of fucking fireman t-shirts and, you know, that kind of silly <laughs> shit there. But I, 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 I don't I think own one of those. <laughs> I just get, I, as I get older, I just hate those even more. Um, but I've never liked there's, them. <laughs> there's plenty of that there, but uh, it's not malicious. It's not, it's not a bad environment. It's camaraderie. Um, that's all it is. It is. Yeah, they're it proud is, of who yeah. they are and I, what I, they stand I for. I saw a the it. other day that's the smooth bore cartel. And I'm like, we're comparing our work to being in a fucking cartel. <laughs> Apparently, you don't know much about cartels. You're not a firefighter on the south side, yeah, home. You don't man, get it. A cartel. <laughs> yeah. Wreaking havoc and killing people. Yeah. That's the way we want to be known. When they started naming trucks, I'm like, we got to come up with the stupidest name ever. The Unicorn Crew. Like, we got to come up with... Ladder 11 has the best name in, in, in all of our department. What is it? The Raging Queen. I love it. I don't think they've ever allowed him to put it on there, but as that is the name of Ladder Eleven, the Raging Queen. I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. Because because some of them are just they're just so over the top. Yeah, they're. We won't even go into. Them. Right. That's <laughs> because I think we'll hurt a lot. They're of just trying feelings. to make make themselves feel better about them. We're talking about compensation. About yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> or overcompensation. Uh-huh. 
lot of big trucks in that parking lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, there's so much good stuff out there that's available to us. Some of it costs money. Some of it doesn't. Um, but man, you're you're investing in yourself, and you're investing in your your own education. You're investing in your welfare. Uh, so if you're not willing to spend just a little bit of that money you make on improving yourself, yeah, uh, it may not mean as much to you. This job might not mean as much to you as you you say it does. Yeah, for sure. So uh, and that's that's been some of the cool stuff I've gotten to to do lately. Is my my my. Uh, sphere of influence from the American Fire Service has grown exponentially in the last, I don't know, five to ten years. And there isn't somebody now about some topic, you know, some, we talked about some hydraulic stuff this morning. If if uh, if uh, I've got a question, I know who I can call that is a that is a that is a damn strong subject matter expert on any given subject right. from a number of different places and departments to be able to go, Hey, dude, I got a question. Help me with this. Got you. All right. So we hit organizational training at a deputy level and how you disseminate that and how you develop it. Now let's talk about how a battalion chief can roll out some training to their battalions in an informal and or formal way. Yeah. So first and foremost, it comes with expectations. If a battalion chief isn't having conversations with their fire companies about expectations. Hey, in this battalion, when we go, when we go on these types of calls, this is what I expect us to do. Now they can't be their own expect, you know, they're, it can't be, can't be made up. (laughs) Well, yeah, they can be made up, I guess, as long as they're in line with the rest of the organizational expectations, which means they're not. Yeah. yeah, Right. So uh, exactly. But, uh, but you can deliver it in a different way and you can hold them to, you know, to a certain, um, standard in that, as long as it's not real crazy. Um, uh, so they need to be doing that. They need to be communicating. They need to know that they care uh, and that they, they care that there is a standard. And then spending time talking with them and going out. It isn't always going and doing something. It's more of a conversation. Yeah. I, I Right now, for me, I'm getting more out of the conversations and the relational stuff, yes, relationship type right stuff. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> Pass it over here. Um, that uh, um, that's getting the most impact from my companies, and then uh, you know, at whatever whatever instance, we'll actually go do something beyond obviously a conversation. So go into your guys, ask them, hey, these are my expectations. How do you guys? What do you guys want to do? Is there any training that you? you yeah. What do, do you care about? Yeah. What, what what's important to you right now? What do what do you feel good at? What do you don't you feel good at? Um, and what do you want to learn? Uh, be be pretty damn good at listening. I think that that you can do that exact same thing at the company officer level to your crew. Hundred yeah. percent. Oh yeah, yeah, mirrors exactly yep. down. Yep. And I tell you what, if your battalion chief isn't doing it, it's unlikely that the captains will be doing it to, for their crews. I agree. I agree because they're because they are not setting this the, a standard. The example, example right? The so example, like, right? And like even for me, when I roped into the Velvet Hammer um, <laughs> in March. Um, they said, hey, we have MCS coming up. Um, could we go train? I said, yeah, what do you guys want to go train on? They're like, well, we have all that stuff we have to do. I'm like, well, when we call the chief, let's see if we can go down to the academy. And these guys are, you know, 25-year, 30-year firefighters. You know, they, like, like they've been around for a while. And just the time I took. A lot just, of gray hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of gray hair, a lot of experience. When I, just the time I took down at the academy to go through the Blue Door prop to show them how to. Um, deploy lines in a stairwell, you know, be, 
coming from the downtown way, not off of a video, stuff like that. If, if you show the initiative and that you give a shit and, and that you really want to want to satisfy what their needs are and make them better, like, you know, they had somebody there and like, hey, man, do you think you could stay through MCS? And I'm like, I was like, that's your guys' deal. Whoever was here, I'm like, I have no idea. I'm like, I'm like, I'd be happy to get you guys through MCS and go from there. So, you know, I stay, get through it. MCS. I think this is the only time this this ever happened at that station. They called back and said all the old timers beat all the young timers times because they were timing I love people. That. Yeah, and they got even even our chief came out. He solid thing that he did. Came down, I was like, hey dude, I got a phone call from the Proctors down there. Said, you know, you guys smashed it. I'm like, first of all, we didn't smash anything. Just did our job. That's all we did. And I'm like, towed the line. Yeah, and those guys did it. Like I didn't do it. I was just there helping direct what they had to do. So then it turns into, hey man. Will you stay through MCS like after? Because we want to train more. We want to do more things. And I'm like, it's your guys' call. I'm like, if you guys want me to stay here, I'm happy to stay here. It works out perfectly for me. So now they're like, hey, what can we do? What can, like, can we go train? Can we oh, go yeah? do something? Like, all right, hey, have you guys ever flipped up? You know, I think you were there for that one where we we're showing the 25 year dudes how to flip the cross lay to go up a yeah, stairwell. Shoulder load. Yeah. And then at that point, you're like, just whatever, dude, whatever you guys want to do. And, and, and they're coming to you with this shit. You're not having to cram it down their throat, force it to them. And, and, and it's, it, it's, it's evolved into, um, you know, table talks on fires that, that either went well or like went, went, or like went, went wrong, methods, stuff like that. And it's, it, it almost becomes effortless at that point. And these are dudes that are supposed to be salty and not want to do anything at like 25 or 30 years old. If you have a bunch of young, young guys or, or, or gals that want to learn, that's a captive audience for sure. And that's what we're striving for. And when we're doing it right, that's the attitude, that's the mindset, that's where, we're, where we're, our, uh, we are at our best. And actually, that's when we are at our safest. Yeah. Because we're making good decisions. Yep. We might be doing some dangerous shit, but we're making some good decisions. In our battalion chief, as a young battalion chief, good dude, like him, whatever. But like he, he caught on to it quickly. And he's like, hey, it's in the morning. I'm not going to come by because I know you guys like to work out. And that's why I try to tell people, I'm like, to get an, an older crew to work out and work out regularly and hard on a regular basis, if you can get them to do that, leave them the fuck alone. Like yeah, get them and then get them Metamucil. Yeah, exactly. Right. Make sure they drink the Pedialyte afterwards and right. uh-huh. throw down an Insure, <laughs> all that shit. But yep. but but you have to. There's I guess there's a little bit of finesse in there that you have to do to make sure those crews are doing what they want to do and how they're doing it to to be able to get them to that end objective. Yeah, and I'm finding that most of them, regardless of time, they're learning something new, and it actually helps them do their job. They're interested. They absolutely are. Absolutely are. Absolutely. Yeah, I was, I, I had never trained or um, uh, managed uh, crews that senior. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to, like, I, I want to kind of see how this All crews goes. were that senior to me when I became a captain. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's why, okay. right. it's funny that I, that's the, that's the way <laughs> I felt every day. <laughs> so, yeah, because it, now it's like sometimes, especially when I was roving, the three people on the truck would have less time than my combined time. Yeah. So I'm like, but now, you know, you know, so I was like, this would be a good opportunity for me to see how to manage a more senior crew. Cause it's not the same. Yeah. It's not even, it's not even remotely the same. Right. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So an interesting thing that I've been, uh, been, I've been spending a little bit of time with on, with either companies or in a broader sense is if you look at, I'm going to call it failure. 
Uh, failure is super important in this is in the same way it is in any other skill, ability, job, whatever. Failure matters. So let's start looking at failure. Let's start looking at, at line of duty deaths reports. Let's start looking and find the commonalities to what we... Uh, uh, I think there's 16 you, of them. That you see, yeah. <laughs> well, and the commonalities across all of them, because right. uh, I am certain now at this point, NIOSH has a standard boilerplate uh, review uh, recommendations, and um, because they write the same ones so commonly now um, for line of duty deaths. And so when somebody comes to me and goes, what is it that we need to be good at? Or can you help me? Or the magic bullet question or any of that other shit? Yeah, read these recommendations. And then I want you to read all 10 of these reports, and I want you to read all the recommendations. Interestingly, if you're going to you're gonna notice that they're damn similar, all of them. For sure. Those are the fundamentals. Those are the things that you actually need to be good at. That's where we should spend our time. And, and if we improve that, we're going to improve the overall uh, um, chances of us not having a line of duty death or not having a mayday. Because that's real data. That's and it's it, it, and unfortunately it's it's repeatable. And we know when we're good at it on the fire ground, shit goes right and people don't get in trouble. True. And 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 that's uh, that's what we're that's what we're looking for. That's what we're trying to chase. We know what we we know it when it goes well, and we just we act surprised when it doesn't. And rather than look at oh let's apply these standard things to it and. Oh, okay. Here's where here's where the gap was, or here's what we weren't good at. And well, I don't know if you spoke to the to the to the individual that I spoke to this week about that fire that didn't go. I haven't yet. Okay, exactly how it went. He knew pretty much what he did wrong. Oh yeah, immediately. Like uh, this, or at least he thing. knows it was wrong. Yeah, he may yeah. not be able to explain it and, totally. And he was even harder on himself than than he needed to be. Because one of the things that, that that he identified as a critical mistake wasn't a critical mistake. It was just they, that's the way we we treat ourselves. Yeah, we're it, harder on ourselves. It, it was a choice of this or that, and actually, he he chose the right line, but he thought that they that he told his crew to not take the right line. Mm. And I'm like, oh no, like, and I didn't say anything to him when I was talking to him. I'm like, it's not a mistake, but if that's yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah, how how you're thinking. Um, about the situation, but yeah, in, 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 in retrospect, we, we typically know inherently whether we're younger on the job or not, the order of operations that things should happen. And when they don't, the fundamentals, we can see the breakdown of it. Again, I think we said it when we were talking to Mike and Ryan, uh, the, as the first five minutes goes, so goes the next five hours. Yeah. If you do it right and it feels right and it's, and, and you, it's everything is matching up the way it should. Typically, the rest of it will match up the way it should. So okay, so we talked about high level, rolling out training at a deputy level, battalion, company officer type stuff. So now let's talk about um, when 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 something does go bad. How do you train to that, or how do you handle that situation with that specific company or companies? Do you berate them in front of everybody, like like I've seen in my yes, career? Yes, yes, that's that's a hundred percent the way you do it. What the fuck? So we've done it with my kids, and uh, yeah, it's it's been priceless. 
uh, no, <laughs> that's not the way human beings learn the best. And that's not how you get the best out of them. That's not how you build trust. That's not how you build integrity. That's not how you uh, build them. Or that's not what you do if you actually want them to do a good job when you're not there. Um, so, uh, number one, you have to uh, you have to listen initially. What'd you say? Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> exactly. So you got to listen, and you got to be good at asking questions. Hey, that did not feel good from my position. And that did not look good for my position. Yeah. What do you think? And then have them explain what where their head was at, what they saw, what they did, why they did it, where they felt like they made uh, did the right thing, where they felt like they didn't, and then start to, and then that gives you the opportunity to examine where their heads at and truly what they know, what they don't know, where the gaps are, and how you can actually start to address that. Um, and and how do you and, do that? You do that on scene. Well, there, the station. so there's sometimes, and I've actually seen it done a good a couple times, where it's effectively you say, "Listen, man, I don't want anybody leaving here thinking we did a good job." Now, so name the elephant in the room. I don't hate your, I don't hate your guts. I don't think you suck. I didn't, don't think you showed up here to suck. I don't. Uh, uh, we are gonna fix this. I give a shit about you. I want you to be safe the rest of the shift, but. We cannot leave here thinking we did a good job. Whew, we kicked ass. Yeah, and I, I yeah. think if you do that, you set them up for fucking huge failure by kicking their ass. No, by not acknowledging. Oh, not acknowledging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know, if you're like everything went great, good job. You know, a couple of hiccups here, but yeah, nobody got yeah, hurt. Yeah, inherently, good job. Like no, no, yeah. that was fucked up. Yeah, that was because they know, right? They know. Everybody what on that feels scene good. knows. Yeah, they know. <laughs> And if you act like you don't know, then you are. They look at you as you're the idiot, yeah. And uh, or you're afraid, or you don't trust them, or you're 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 cowardly. So I hope we have the relationship, and and whether I know them or not, that's the way I'm going to handle it. But I hope the relationship is is good enough that it allows them to do that, or the reputation is good enough to allow, that allows you to do that. But say, hey, look, this sucked. Let's not talk about it right here in front of everybody, or right here in the middle of the street, or wherever. Let's go back. Um, think about it, um, and, uh, I, and and do kind of an assessment whether they're 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 fit for duty, right? Whether or did it, did it actually fuck them up enough mm -hmm. where they probably can't go on another call? Right. That's actually a legitimate question, and then uh, and then come back to them probably the very next shift. I've had success with getting them back together uh, the very next shift in the morning, actually getting some time out of service. Um, I've had ones that have gone well. I've had ones that have not gone well, and uh, I've had ones where I felt like I did what I was supposed to, and I've had ones where I felt like I didn't. Absolutely. Uh, I've gotten chummed into, uh, uh, I've allowed myself to get chummed into uh, wolf pack. stupid, <laughs> no, uh, arguments, stupid arguments, gotcha. or, or allow uh, where I ended up having to use my emotion rather than my, my, uh, uh, I won't use this word very often, but my intellect to be able to explain <laughs> shit. But, but there are sometimes when 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 somebody says something really stupid or really ridiculous, <laughs> where where that you happens. gotta go, hey, you know what, man, that might be the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard, <laughs> and you better not do that next time. Somebody's got to say no. Well, and and you, I know, have done that at all levels because I wasn't there, but there was a, a burn at the academy that went south, and 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 and. Um, like I'm hearing this uh, story, you know, third party and 
And and I think the words that he used as you held up the helmet is, this is not how we fucking do things here. This is not how we do things. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. How'd that, that go? That, uh, yeah, that went all right. I, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm mildly happy with how I handled it. Uh, <laughs> Um, but that was an all stop. That was that was something bad happened, a near, a yeah, legitimate near miss, right? near miss, and it had to stop right then. And it was happening because of ego, and it was happening because Let's of make this fucker hotter. Uh, well, or um, they were make the RTOs were making it about themselves and not about the recruits. Gotcha. And they were they they thought it was a test for them, and uh, no way. Safety comes and first, so right? yeah, so y- you you have to act like you've been here before. And if this if you're fucking acting like this, then y- you're not uh, good enough to be teaching here. Quite right. honestly, in my opinion. So yeah, we had to do an all stop and and uh, go on the other side of the building, and I had to use yeah, come I had to use my grown up my grown up <laughs> voice. So let's uh, let's help some of the people out here that they've never been in it. In this situation, I'll play the dumb fuck that the they're not dumb fuck, but does it come easy? Oh uh, yeah, okay. obviously <laughs> it goes without saying. <laughs> I, uh, I will play the guy that's the new guy and didn't have a fire work out the way that it should have worked out. I legitimately just made some bad mistakes because of my lack of experience. You're now addressing the first alarm that's there after the fire. Go well. So first, I'm going to talk to that person face-to-face, before we get in a group. I'm going to say, hey, listen, man, I need to talk about some stuff here that happened. And uh, and you're respo- you were responsible for the, some of the stuff that I got to talk about. Um, I'm not talking about this. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the action. I'm talking about the situation. I'm talking about the, the circumstances. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can to help everybody, you included, everybody understand what the issue is and how if we show up on this next shift how we how we do it better and differently um so please know i'm going to talk about it uh i'm not here to fuck with you all right and so we have that conversation and and i have not had one of those yet go uh, go poorly or where they you know break down in tears or whatever uh so i probably cry so (laughs) we get we and then we get into the group and i go okay um so let's talk about this so here's I can talk to you from my perspective. Here's what here's uh, here's what I uh, here are the very briefly. Here's what I saw and here's what I'm concerned about. I want everybody to tell me how they saw it on the fire ground, because I want to know number one is my is my perception or my perspective fucked up, and so I want to hear where everybody's got. Uh, most of the time, it's a bunch of uh, self disclosure of. Man, I, you know what? We should have done this. You know, get hindsight. I would have done this now. Or, um, you know what, man? I could have helped him more uh, with whatever to keep him out of trouble. Or I did these things to try and shore up. When I saw that there was an issue, I tried to shore that up. So they get them talking amongst each other and trying to support each other, and then come in and go, okay. So here's 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 what I see as the issue. This is what it is. So as a fire service, uh, as individuals in the fire service, as leadership, we suck some days at identifying the problem. Yeah. And when we don't identify the problem, we suck at trying to solve the problem. Go figure. So clearly identify the issue for them and then clearly identify uh, what are the things that we can do the next time we show up 
that would be that would mitigate those issues or those challenges or or if you didn't identify something hey pay attention to this um uh yeah there there is listening is a big part of it and then at some point saying very clearly very succinctly and very simply here are the issues here are the mitigating factors that we can initiate that that probably keeps us from doing that next time and don't make it personal don't make it um uh we want them to survive, right? Uh, use a little bit of that survive, prevent harm, and be For nice sure. yeah. stuff on them. And uh, and that's the way you get better because I tell you what, I'm going to get a shot in that seat. Everybody else on the fire ground, especially if you're doing something for real or you're a boss, you're going to get a shot in that seat, and it sucks. So you want to you want to handle it the best you can. Yeah, because and 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 try and humanize it and have as much like empathy as possible. I've been there. I've made this yeah. mistake before. Like this is not. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is not specific to 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 anybody. Like these 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 are the things that are coming up. And, and the things that we have to get better about. But if we don't talk about it and we don't correct it, then we're not doing our jobs. And I've rarely come across the, the true asshole who is argumentative, who is dug in, who doesn't can't see any of the perspective, can't see the issue, or just simply wants to put it off on other people. But all that it's, ego anyway. It's right? rare, yeah. but when it does happen, you, you, you handle it right then and there. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> we, are, we, we ain't arguing about it. <laughs> right. We, that ain't that ain't happening right this is now. Not negotiable. So right yeah. So you and I can talk later, but don't fuck this up for everybody else. All right. Uh, one more scenario. You're not the battalion chief on your you're the shift commander. Mm-hmm. Battalion chief goes into his spiel. Fucking great job. You guys did great. This is awesome. Right. Nobody got hurt. Nobody uh-huh. died. Yeah. But it, but in your heart of hearts, you know it's fucked up. Yeah. So you can do a couple things to save the battalion chief. Maybe the best one is to quietly call for an ambulance, put the battalion chief in the back of the ambulance, and say, you know what? I think he had a stroke. Yeah, you're fucked And up. take him away. Take him someplace else. Make it seem like he's got a brain tumor. I don't know what happened. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Or step up and say, well, again, let me back up to what we did before. Me and that battalion chief are going to have that conversation beforehand, and he's going to know where my head's at, so there's no surprises. So if, in fact, he thinks like, yeah, we kicked ass, Team America, you yeah. know, that the fuck? I've seen then, it happen. Then I'm going to go, that's, that's I'm gonna go mm-hmm, yeah, no. no, we can't talk about that. So here's the way I see it. Here's the concern. Here's what I'm going to address. Here's how I'm going to hold you accountable. Um, if you can't talk to everybody uh, and address it in a real way or you're concerned or, or you don't, maybe you don't see it, then... I can do it, um, but I don't want to put you in a position where you say something and, and then I stand up there and just completely and totally go, well, no. We're all now dumber for having to listen to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, so we got there's got to be, uh, just like the battalion chief and the company officer, the shift commander and the battalion chief have to have that relationship to where we can have a real conversation before we ever get over there, and nothing either one of us says should be a surprise to the other one. Gotcha. Simple, right? Yeah. Communication beforehand. Yeah, grown-up shit. Yep, weird. I think that's all I got for scenarios. Yeah, so, uh, uh, again, I, I preach, I, I, and I apologize, but I am getting a little preachy with, with the company officers, especially lately. Can I get an amen? Um, but, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, um, they got to take it seriously, and they got to engage in it, and they got to want it uh, in order for them to get better. 
Oh, it's got to be real. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know that I would want to cover much else. Um, uh, I'd like to get some more people in here to talk about training, to have like specific conversations about certain things. Cause there's, there's so much cool stuff on the psychology of training. There's so much cool stuff on, on how you train and, and the, the methodologies in which you train and the mediums you use to train on and how you measure about how you, how you measure performance, how you evaluate. I mean, uh, yeah, there's uh, there's tons of different cool things that we probably should talk about. It gives everybody a bigger foundation and what. Well, now that we set the umbrella. Yeah, yeah, exactly. In the broad terms, not broad terms, but the but the broad methodologies and how things can go from uh, the ivory tower all the way down to the fire truck. I think mm-hmm. that that's a good jumping off point. And then we can go into whatever. Else. So we'll call it the training talk one. Ooh, <laughs> I like it. Go from there. I like it. I don't think I have anything else. You yep. guys have anything else? No nope. fucking entertaining for you guys. Yeah, do we do we keep you interested? Yeah, good. We're so Perfect. dumb. We had to have two media guys from Vol- yeah. from, from forty. That's media how serious today. it's yeah. got. How serious it is to actually make us sound reasonable. Yeah, it had, it had to have two two engineers constantly working the board to make it sound Beavis and intelligible at, at, at their finest. Yeah, or Duck Dynasty. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's all we got, guys. Uh, Thanks for listening to another episode. You can download the podcast anywhere where you can find podcasts. Uh, Breaking news. We are days away from uh, having the Make the Difference podcast um, webpage up. Dude, by the time this gets published, it's going to be up. Yeah, it should be up. Yeah, it should be up on on Monday. We're going to be on the internets. Yeah, the interweb. It'll be makethedifferenceus.com. That will be... The uh, URL we also have make the difference podcast.com. Either one will get you there, but make the difference US. Uh, we actually are, we said, fuck it, we're gonna make some emails too. So if you want to reach out to us directly now, um, again, you can find us on Instagram as well, Red CP Stew, Brandon Meon. But if you want to send us an email with ideas, feedback, whatever, our emails are now b at make the difference us.com, and Chris's is stew. S-T-E-W at MakeTheDifferenceUS.com. So you can reach us directly there. Trying to um, just do a little more. And on the website, there's going to be some stuff that you can download. White papers, a podcast uh, player will be there that, that you can download as well. Uh, we're just trying to clean some stuff up that we've been meaning to do for a while. And we got a little bit extra time. So we can't do uh, just sit on our hands. So we Yeah, we ended up with Make the Difference US because uh, the Catalina wine mixer was already taken. <laughs> yeah. And fucking Make the Difference was $15,000. But yeah, giddy up. Yeah, we were just a dollar short of buying it because the money truck we didn't bring it in that day. But maybe, wow. next, maybe next go around, hmm. pick that okay. up. Okay, so I'll pick up some side work. Perfect. What else you got? You got anything else? Nope. Let's shut her down. All right. See you guys next time. See you.